0: Hello, and welcome to the Illinois Realtors Weekly podcast, keeping you up to date with all the latest news in the realtor world. I'm Jeremy, and today on the uh, podcast, we are talking to Illinois Realtors Senior Director of Advocacy Programs, Gideon Bluestein. Uh, he is going to update us on our advocacy efforts up in the Chicago municipal elections and other elections being held throughout the state in the next few months. Gideon, welcome back to Illinois Realtors Weekly. It's been a it's been a while. Good to have you back, man.
1: Hey, Jeremy, it's great to see you. Or I should talk to you. <laughs> to talk to you, yeah.
0: This is uh, really, really great to have you back. Uh, again, it's been too long, but when it comes to elections, especially up in the Chicago area, there's no one better uh, to talk to than Gideon here. So um, we are very, very happy to have you back. Um, and there's some important information that we need to share with our members, not only about the results of the twenty eighth February 28th primary in Chicago, but also about the uh, interests of Illinois realtors and the rights of private property owners. So um, why don't you start by telling us why Illinois realtors got involved in those february 28th uh, primary elections
1: well of course jeremy it's right in our mission statement that we are an advocacy organization and um chicago is the largest city in the state and uh what what happens in chicago has an impact arguably to every corner of the state of illinois and so we're involved uh in the municipal elections there, because we are advocating for our members, for their consumers, and for, for um, property rights and home ownership rights.
0: Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that we love, of course, is when our realtor members uh, actually take that plunge and run for office, uh, because it is, of course, a, a huge undertaking. So were there many realtors, uh, realtor members who actually did run for office? We
1: did have uh, a couple, a uh, couple of uh, realtor candidates that uh, put their hat in the ring and decided to run. Um, that was another reason we're always looking for uh, strong realtor candidates that want to run for office and be advocates, not just for their clients but for the industry as a whole. And um, the other thing I want to mention about why we were involved, or maybe why we were involved at the levels we were involved, is that the Chicago City Council uh, has is going to experience one of the largest turnovers that it will have ever experienced. There was a historic number of retirements, um, a historic number of uh, aldermen who chose to run for mayor uh, or got elected to other offices. And we needed to have uh, the real estate industry have a seat at the table um, and really put our uh, efforts out there to make sure that home ownership housing, uh, access to the American dream of homeownership was a top priority for um, for those candidates.
0: You know, obviously, what you said is that we are an advocacy uh, organization, we do want to get involved in there are, as you uh, put out there, right there, like, you know, there's many reasons why we wanted to get involved in these in particular. Um, so how many candidates did uh, Illinois realtors uh, support in these uh, February 28th uh, primaries?
1: Well, the candidates that had races, um, so that means basically we can get in the weeds on runoffs and general elections. I'm more than happy to do that. <laughs> but the short answer I, I love the term long story long. Mm-hmm. Uh, we supported 26 candidates who had races on February 28th.
0: Yeah. So could you uh, walk us through just a little bit um, what that support looks like? Like, what did we do to support those candidates that we preferred in those races?
1: Oh, absolutely. So there's um, there's really primarily two types of support that we can lend to candidates who are Realtor champions. The first is Realtors Political Action Committee support, um, or RPAC, as many of our listeners are very well familiar with. That's our Political Action Committee. So those are uh, dollars that go towards uh, a candidate's campaign, really for... Um, you know, things that you would think of to run their campaign, things like yard signs, things like uh, uh, whatever the candidate needs to do to win their election. And then the second type of support that we can offer is called an independent expenditure. And that's where uh, I spent most of my time over the last uh, number of weeks and, and couple of months, uh, an independent expenditure is just like it sounds. It's independent of the candidate's campaign. By law, there can be no coordination between an independent expenditure and the candidate or their campaign. But that's really running a um, a full fledged campaign, independent of the candidate. So that can be mail. Uh, that could be uh, direct mail to voters uh, in, in the um, district, or in Chicago's case, it's a ward. That could be digital advertisements, social media advertisements. Something that is relatively new that we tried this year uh, with some success, I believe, is uh, field operation, which essentially means reaching out to all of our realtor members in those contested wards and asking them not just to support the realtor-friendly candidate, But also uh, asking them if they'd like to uh, volunteer, asking them if they'd like to get involved uh, in our campaign uh, to help get that person elected.
0: That's that's awesome. That's like the lifeblood of any campaign, isn't it, is, you know, the volunteers who can get out there and truly, truly help. And, of course, realtors are known for their uh, willingness and want to get involved. Um, So, you know, we've talked a little bit about the, uh, you know, minutia of of all of these things. Um, But let's get into the results and such. So what does kind of lie ahead for the candidates that we supported and who will be in the runoff election in April? Uh, So what lies ahead for those candidates we supported? Of course.
1: So um first I should take an opportunity to mention. So I said we supported 26 candidates who had uh opponents and we had an 85% success rate. Mm. Yeah, so very, very happy with those results. Um glad to see that home ownership, access to high quality housing, uh housing inventory were top of mind for voters and top of mind for those folks that either won outright or that will advance on to uh, a runoff. So let me talk about that for just a second to answer your question. So outright wins that we had on uh, February 28th, uh, we had 16 candidates uh, for Alder that uh, just won that night. So they will be going to the city council. So we've got 16 right there who had opponents we supported and are going to city council. Very pleased with that. Um, Going to runoff, if I can do my math real quickly. (laughs) We've got 10 uh, who are going to be going to, uh, I'm sorry, not 10. We've got uh, six who will be going to a runoff. Uh, And what that means is that on February 28th, it was what's called a, in Chicago, Chicago is different from the rest of the state, it was the municipal general election. And so what that means is if a candidate gets 50% plus one, then they win outright. Uh, You can have as many people uh, as file. So like some of these races, there were 10 people running. Some of these races, there were three, four. Um, But you have to get 50% plus one, and then you win outright. If no candidate gets 50% plus one, the top two vote getters will advance to what's called a runoff. The runoff is going to be held April 4th for Chicago. The rest of the state, as as hopefully everybody listening knows, the rest of the state also has their election on April 4th. However, for the rest of the state outside of Chicago, that's the general election uh, and there won't be a runoff. Um, So I'm kind of talking myself into pretzels here.
0: (laughs) No, you're
1: not. Bottom line, line, we've got six candidates um, that we supported that are going to be going to a runoff. All of them had a strong showing. And what's kind of cool and fun, I think, is to um, see how people who didn't make it to the runoff are now choosing to endorse. And, uh, you know, hopefully our candidates, what they'll do is they'll consolidate that support and then uh, be able to turn that into a win on April 4th.
0: So Gideon, uh, we were talking a little bit about this process that we use to determine which candidates we want to support in these elections, and we use that in these Chicago uh, primaries and elections. Do you think that will eventually help us in other parts of the state? Like, do you know if that process can expand to other communities outside of Chicago?
1: Well, we talk about the process, and then I'll talk about how that could be applied across the state. Um, the process that we used is, I would say, it's not something um, new. But in order to determine which candidates are uh, potential uh, realtor champions and housing champions, we started um, all the way towards the end of last summer looking in Chicago at specifically who's already talking about running for Alder in Chicago. And what we started is uh, along with um, one of the GADs up in Chicago, we started compiling a list of who all the candidates would be um and then what we did is we created a questionnaire uh so a list of questions uh we worked with the Chicago Association of Realtors to host that questionnaire on their website and we sent that out after um we knew who all was running we sent that questionnaire out to literally hundreds of candidates so um just sending email after email Uh, And we wanted them to be individualized. We didn't want to do a mass email because we wanted to make sure that we were really having a personal touch with these folks. From there, um, candidates sent in their questionnaires. We analyzed their answers. uh, In many cases, uh, I would say most cases, we met with those candidates uh, had, uh, and then took all of that information and came up with a decision, not only on whether or not we should support that candidate, but then also uh, what level of support that candidate uh, requires. And just a little bit of uh, maybe an insider kind of tidbit, that decision uh, in terms of uh, how much and how to support a candidate, there are many factors that go into it. Just one of those is um, what type of uh, competitiveness their race has. So do they have Uh, an opponent who's very uh, anti-realtor? Do they have an opponent who's very anti-real estate? I know it's hard to believe, but they are out there. Uh, And is that opponent well-funded? So we have to make those calculated decisions about, okay, who do we support and then how do we support them and at what level? Um, In terms of how that could reflect across the rest of the state, um, I think that this is a... Process that is effective. It is documented. It is structured. And I think it's something that could be used uh, across the rest of the state. If there's one place that I want to see us do more, it's in the area of recruiting and, and working with candidates who are realtors to get them the resources they need early so that they can run very strong campaigns uh, from an early, like from a, the moment they announce to, to their victory. They're running very strong
0: campaigns. Um, You know, obviously, we've been talking about the Chicago area there and like, but we've just expanded that out to sort of uh, the rest of the state. But is there anything that uh, realtors across the state who don't live in Chicago or other parts of the uh, state can do to help support the candidates that are left uh, in these elections? Uh, What would your message be to realtors around the state that want to do something but aren't in the area?
1: Well, you know, hopefully everybody who's listening has heard this before but it's vote, act, invest. I mean, our power is in our numbers, but if we don't take action, that power is extremely diminished. With the number of realtors that we have, if all of us show up to vote, if all of us take action, whether that's knocking on doors, whether that's um, posting you know, for your candidates on social media, uh, and then investing in our PAC, uh, the Realtors Political Action Committee, that is what gives us the strong voice that we have. So I never want to see that diminished. So vote act invest, and, uh, and you can play your part.
0: Yeah. No, it's, it really is as simple as that. Everyone, um, you know, decisions are made by those who show up. So show up. Um, this has been a lot of information here. Uh, do you have any other final observations or messages you want to share with uh, our members about what we learned from these elections and, and getting involved? Just
1: the importance of showing up, you know, um, a lot of the chatter around Chicago, and there's been a couple of articles written about how the uh realtors have really shown up uh in this uh election, in you know the 2023 elections. And I think that's really valuable because if you care about real estate, if you care about our industry, if you care about your consumers, I know all of you do, um it's important that we are advocating uh loudly and proudly for our industry with all elected officials. So Um, Just continue to show up and we are going to uh, continue to have that strong voice.
0: Thank you so, so much, Gideon, for uh, talking to us today, giving us that rundown of the elections. Uh, we are all, I know, looking forward to what's going to be happening in April and beyond. But uh, more than that, we are very happy to know that you are here to break it all down for us and to give our members the information they need. So thank you once again for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Jeremy. I appreciate it.
0: And of course, thank you, listeners, for joining us on this latest episode of Illinois Realtors Weekly. As always, give us a rating and a review on your podcast app of choice. And if you want any more content, simply search for Illinois Realtors filters on your favorite social media app. We will see you next week.